This is Shop Talk Radio, episode 81, with Sergio Fernandez de Cordova. Welcome to Shop Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, and on this show, we bring you inspiring guests to dive underneath the hood of the creative entrepreneur lifestyle to take your creativity, business, and life to the next level. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Shop Talk Radio. This is your host, Nick Onkin. Today, we have Mr. Sergio Fernandez de Cordova on the podcast, and he is an amazing guy. We met at Summit Series, actually, this last year on the boat. We all jammed for a while and had some inspiring conversations about how can you change the world through art and media. If you don't know who Sergio is, he is the founder of public.org, P-V-L-I-C.org. It's a big foundation that creates change through media. And there's a lot of different channels that he works through from billboards to every media outlet that you can think of. The media is his chessboard and he uses it to do good and positive change in the world. And he's frequently at the White House, working with politicians and and the government to activate and, and do the things that he is working on. In this episode, we learn a lot. We learn what Public Foundation is, so stay tuned for that. How he's worked with the White House. We learn about Social Impact Summit. We also learn about the power of media and how you can use it to change the world and create art within that that also changes the world. We also learn about his TED Talk and the whole process that he went through in writing the TED Talk. Much, much more. Sergio is an amazing human, a brilliant mind, and creating a lot of waves in this world and major impact. So with that, I want to also just thank you for tuning in and listening. It makes me happy every time I hear when people are listening and tuning in and how much this podcast is making a difference in your lives. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And with that, I give to you the one, the only, Mr. Sergio Fernandez de Cordova. What is up, everyone? Today we've got Sergio Fernandez de Cordova. On the show, welcome to the show, Sergio. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank and, and you. You know, I'm gonna make you pronounce it with with the proper Spanish accent. <laughs> Sergio Fernandez de Cordova. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, let's just uh, let's just start out and kind of give people have you give everyone an overview of what it is that you actually do with public and and the other ventures that you have. Well, Public was, uh, it well, is, excuse me, uh, Public Foundation was started in 2012, really with the vision of how do we use media as a currency to help organizations tell their story the same way today we sell brands and we tell people what to do, what to think, what to wear, how to act, mm. you know, what's cool, what's not, where to travel. You know, what if an element of that media consumption also educated you about how to, how to do good, how to get involved, how to give back. And, and, and not that we don't have enough of that now, but it's just that the media itself should have a balance of, of that, mm-hmm. especially because 100% of the media is not used. Mm-hmm. So that was really the genesis of, of how Public Foundation was started. And, and now has really, I mean, it's, it's been an incredible journey and a ride. Public has grown by leaps and bounds. And, and uh, you know, we've done some incredible campaigns and we're showing the value and power of how we could use media and just connect with people in a way emotionally mm. that motivates them to just act on their own and, and really either engage a movement or start a movement of their own. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. So what would be an example of a client that you've worked with and then how that played out? Well, I mean, our, our, our most successful campaign in, in, in the past year and a half has been the It's On Us campaign, which we started with with the White House, with Joe Biden, with the vice president who asked us, basically he had asked uh, Rachel, our, our founding executive director, and, she, and he said to her, you know, that was after we just finished the, the water campaign for the first lady. Mm. And that was a project that I had worked on. And then this time around, Rachel was at the White House and and uh, vice president went up to Rachel and a, and a few other and says, you know what? I want my own campaign. Mm. He's like, I want to work on, you know, something that really matters to me. And you guys are the ones that could get this done. 
So here's the deal. He's like, I want to stop sexual abuse in the colleges and universities. Mm. And, and he's like, and I want people, he's like, I want the message to be, you know, just the, that people need to understand that this can't go on. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a very, you know, powerful message for entertainment, athletes, for uh, colleges and universities, fraternities, and, you know, overall sports and entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, something, you know, literally started with just a few people in a room. And, uh, you know, Rachel called me up and was like, oh, my God, you know, this is this is this is a big deal. Like, what do we do? And I was like, you know, let's just say yes. We'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, fast forward, you know, we put together a team of of probably about 15, 16 different people right out of the gates. We brought in a creative agency mechanism who started to come up with, uh, you know, all the creative. Then we started to kind of, you know, set the table and start Mm -hmm. to bring in all the different actors that could add value so that each one of them could own their piece of the equation. Mm -hmm. You know, fast forward, we... Before you know it, we had hundreds of people involved in this, groups, organizations, leaders, and um, we launched successfully with the president, with the vice president, um, and uh, Valerie. I mean, the entire White House team was there. We launched, and part of our ask was wanted to make sure that we celebrated everybody, that we thanked everyone, and that Mm -hmm. we gave them an opportunity to come meet with the president, come meet with the leadership, uh, hear the vice president speak, and hear the president speak. Because part of what we do, it's not just about someone telling us to go do something, but they need to be part of it. Mm -hmm. They need to own it. you know. And, And for us, especially someone like the vice president or the president of the country, it's important that he and and or she with Valerie, um, stand up there and, yeah. and be proud of, of, of what we're about to do and, and what we're doing. And, and, uh, and it was successful. It was, it was a phenomenal launch. I mean, it was just the West Wing was packed. Wow. And, um, and, and the room was literally packed with people, the president, everyone was there, and uh, they gave an incredible speech. We had a, a young woman go up there and tell her story, and we launched. As soon as we launched a campaign, within a matter of 72 hours, we had over a million downloads of the YouTube PSA video that we created, oh, wow. and uh, over a billion impressions, including out of home, not just online. And fast, you know, past a couple months later, it became literally one of the largest campaigns. It surpassed our water campaign, which one of the largest campaigns the White House ever did. Wow. And this became the largest and is still going. Yeah. We've had with thousands of colleges, universities where they all went out and created their own PSA. And I mean, that's just one example of something. And another yeah. example is we'll work with, you know, smaller organizations where, you know, we'll help them kind of, you know, get exposure where normally they wouldn't have the opportunity, mm. you know, where, you know, an organization Sing for Hope, you know, uh, Monica Yunus, what we did is we, we helped put together a million dollars worth of outdoor advertising campaign for her. Mm. And when, and, and, and she went out and started and we said to her, this, you need to present that we are, we're here behind you mm-hmm. and now you have this market exposure. So now how are you going to use this to help fundraise, to help bring more people on board, let them know that there's an organization that already believes in everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So she went out and actually was fortunate enough to have yeah, there was the yogurt guy, uh, Shabani. Shabani mm. came in and said, no, I want to do the campaign. I want to sponsor the full campaign and I'll use my own budget. Yeah. And, you know, it was basically, you know, we just did some online, some support, but it ended up that everything that we were going to do in out of home and online, she was able to actually get somebody, a made, you know, billionaire so excited about it that he basically, you know, made integrated her messaging yeah. about arts and music, which is amazing. If you ever seen the pianos in New York City on the streets mm. and the people paint them, and by the way, you need to paint one, right? It, it's literally what she does is every year she'll put out like, uh, I forgot how many pianos, it's like 50, 60, 70 pianos throughout New York, Brooklyn. And uh, and then basically people go in and you pre-paint them at the warehouse. It's like a big launch event. And, and then they go out on the streets. And yeah. then basically, I think it's out there for... For a short period of time, mm-hmm. but then people are out there playing. They're active pianos, they're small pianos, grand pianos, and uh, and they're all basically a, a piece of art and music together mm. and community. So you know, we were in the early days of, of public. This was one of the the organizations that we got very involved with in the beginning because we totally loved her convergence of art, music, out, outdoor community, and and impact. And yeah. said, you know what, we need to help you. And, and, you know, the fact that we were able to help her bring in a billionaire to help her take the next mm. level to us, that's just kind of, you know, hey, look, we, we, were, we, we were shelved, which was fine yeah. because our job was done. Yeah. 
right? So the way we do our job, it, it doesn't specifically always mean that we are doing a campaign, yeah. right? Or that we're creating some media, right? It yeah. just means that we're giving them the right tools so that they could better present themselves so that they could attract mm. the right audience. So that, and that's always, you know, part of the mission and vision of the public is helping people get their stories out there to engage others. Yeah. And so, it's, it's super cool. It's almost like an amplification yeah. process. Exactly. Yeah. We, we used to always call it, we used to actually funny, Rachel always called it, you know, amplify campaigns. And, yeah. you know, we kind of changed a lot of our languages. We've evolved, <laughs> but that was the, our original way to get people to understand what we do. Yeah. Right. Cause people would look at us and say, they looked at my background. They're like, Oh, billboards. I want billboards. Can you get me some billboards? And it's like, no, I'm, you know, that's just, you know, I used to have this, I used to be involved <laughs> in all these other businesses. Doesn't mean that because, you know, we're looking at the entire media scope. Yeah. Yeah. But you guys do across media, across different platforms, the web from till to billboards to yes. spaces, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, what we do is is also is we bring people together every year at the UN, and we we host the Media for Social Impact Summit. Mm-hmm. So the Media for Social Impact Summit is is was was a vision that I had, which was basically on a yearly basis, just kind of pressing the reset button and bringing all the leaders together to show them and celebrate everyone and mm-hmm. highlight. And it's just like, you know, like the Oscars, if you will, but of impact and kind of bringing everyone together, you know, celebrating them, giving them awards and and then and, and also not just celebrating those that are doing, but also encouraging others to see what others are doing. Mm. So, you know, at our last summit, which I would have to say is probably was our most successful until our next one, I hope, was amazing because what we did, not only did we highlight, celebrate, and engage, but we also then asked everyone to commit Mm. because what we saw was the opportunity with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal Agenda coming out, a whole new set of agendas for the next 15 years. I said, well, you know what? I want to align the foundation for the next 15 years as well, but now let's give all these corporate executives that have control of media in, in the tens of billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars, you know, the ability to also have another pathway mm. so that they could utilize their skills. It's not also not just about the inventory, yeah. right? Because a lot of what we did is we asked everyone, we said, hey, you know what? I want you to make a commitment for the next 12 months. What can you do? And, and, and what we're going to do is we're going to create a database. Mm-hmm. And then if we need that piece of, you know, service, inventory, whatever it is, we'll call you and we'll put a campaign together. But now we know you what you believe in, what you're interested in, what you care about. Mm. And we had over 65% of everyone fill out a card and commit to something. And yeah. I mean, if you were to tally that in the billions of dollars, but it's just, you know, it's, it's not a, a, a monetary element. It's, it's an impact element. And, yeah. and that to, to me was, you know, a dream, you know, come true for the most part to see how many people in the room were willing to just say, hey, I'm the CEO of this company and you could count on this, this, and this. I'm mm. the CMO of this company and you can count on all my staff to do one project a year. I'm wow. the uh, CSO of this company and you can count on me to help you strategize a multinational, multi-language campaign. Wow. And yeah, it was absolutely fat. It was like I had the Glengarry Grand Ross, you know, leads. <laughs> it's like I had these little packet of all these people that, that wanted to do good. And the folks at the UN and everyone else that we work with in the impact world was super pumped because they were like, oh my God, you know, I have this project for you. I have this project. It was almost like the dream come true and the nightmare at the same time, yeah. because it's just like, oh my God, you know, what, what do I do with all this? I got 170 executives that want to go do something impactful and thousands of organizations that want to work with them. Yeah. And like, we're like this bridge, but it's, it's, it's been great. It's, it's, it's been a hell of a ride and, and, and going, it's okay. only just starting. I bet. <laughs> so. Well, let's let's uh, let's rewind a little bit. Where are you from, and how did you get to this to the place you're at now? I know when we met on the boat, you had some crazy stories and and uh, <laughs> about how you've got here. So I don't know how much of that you can share, but uh, yeah, yeah, the boat was fun. We we uh, uh, we hung out for like seven hours or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was me, you, Alexis, Shervin's sister. And a few floaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who couldn't survive. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that was great. You know, my story is, um, I, you know, I came from, from Peru mm-hmm. when I was nine. I was, again, born in Peru and, and came here on vacation and, you know, decided, told my mother I wanted to stay here. 
and live here for the rest of my life. Wow. And she was, you know, she, I don't, you know, if my nine-year-old says that to me, I smack him in the head, put him in a bag and, and bring him home. Right. <laughs> you know, but my mom, you know, my mom was like, okay, no, you know what, maybe it's meant to be. And, and I ended up staying with my uncle. She came back a year and a half later. And, um, you know, and I started literally working when I was 10, you know, delivering papers and oh. bought my first computer when I was 11 and a half. And, and I started with the school newsletter doing using print shop Commodore 128. Wow. And, um, and, 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 you know, with that started this, the small school paper that kind of grew into the, the town paper because my mom and a few other folks from the church were telling me, I was like, you know what, let's help make this into the town newsletter. Mm-hmm. Again, it was just like literally printouts. It wasn't like, you know, as fancy as you'd think when you think of imagine a newspaper, but we started with a stapler, you know, and stapling five, six, seven pages, double-sided, and that was newsletter number one. Wow. And then it started to grow more and more and more as we got more restaurants and folks that wanted to sponsor, pay for a little ad, and just kind of, you know, be part of the conversation. It grew, you know, and as the community grew, the publication grew. And I ended up, you know, grabbing that publication. And by 2007, you know, I, I, I thought I was going to be Mini Murdoch. And I decided to try to roll up a couple of newspapers. And, <laughs> you know, at, at the at the bottom of the newspaper economy, 2007, 8, 9, and took a gamble and I lost and uh, <laughs> <laughs> lost a lot of money. Yeah. But I rolled up a couple of newspapers, a, a couple of regional papers, I could deliver to 30 communities. Wow. 100 plus thousands, you know, I think it was up to 200,000 uh, publications being distributed. And we, um, you know, we had to shut it down. We had to shut it down. But in the middle of that, I, that's kind of like, you know, one of my many parallel you know, roads in life, but, you know, that was kind of like my newspaper career, if you will. Mm-hmm. The newspaper now is actually run by my sister, the original. We kept the original yeah. one, which is kind of more like a lifestyle publication mm. at my sister. It's a town paper, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. community thing. And, uh, but in the process, while, you know, while that was going on in the background, you know, I went to college, Rutgers University, I graduated, did Wall Street for two years. And right after Wall Street, decided to get back into the entrepreneurial, you know, world full time. And we started a media company that quickly evolved into an outdoor company. Mm. And that's where I discovered that's kind of was my big thing. You know, it was like 2003, we started the billboard business. And what we saw was an opportunity in the market that nobody else was looking at. We're redefining the definition of what a billboard was as more wall murals, scaffoldings and art meets advertising and yeah. how you could, you know, it doesn't have to just be a straight physical metal thing that defines an ad. Yeah. And through that, you know, we were able to build a business in one of the most competitive industries and obviously cities in the world, Yeah. you know, advertising media, billboards in New York. And we, it took us 26 people to raise a million dollars, which basically we met with hundreds who said no, wow. but we were able to, in the first nine months, be profitable. And, you know, in the first 14 months already book of $5 million worth of business. And then we had a, at that time, a hedge fund came in and said, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? So, you know, I want to build a national business. And they're like, do you think you could, you know, this thesis is, is national? Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, of course. I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, so they gave us access to hundreds of millions of dollars. We, we sold the business and created a new company called Fuel Outdoor Holdings. The old business was called Fuel Outdoor. Mm. And in order to just grow the company nationwide, and we did the deal December 31st, 2005. Mm. By the next, I'm say about 15 months, we rolled up about 16, 17 companies, small companies, big companies, and created what became the third largest privately owned operator in, in the country. Wow. And, uh, and that was kind of, you know, that was, that's my entree into the advertising and media world in a big way. Yeah. You know, we were, we were the, the, the new kids on the block. Yeah. Everybody else who was operating a billboard company was 70 years old. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it was fascinating. So we hired, I hired a CEO and decided to run government affairs, legal and real estate because that was kind of more of like evolving the vision. Yeah. Yeah. So what was different about your company? than the others that were out there? We were rewriting the laws, literally. You know, once I got the gunpowder, you know, the, the funding, mm-hmm. we went in and we created the Miami market, changed the laws and, and said, hey, you know what, a wall mural doesn't have to be all advertising. It could be 5,000 square feet or 20,000 square feet, make it 12%, you know, text, 80% creative, 
and seven percent logo, mm. and 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 by doing so, we appeal to all communities. We also created a new sort of permit structure, which was like a public-private partnership, which meant that the city could also benefit from it, not just, hmm. you know, get a, a one-time fee, but actually make substantial revenue. You know, the city of Miami, by the time we were done, is it was making over 6 to $10 million a year hmm. from our permitting structure that we created. Yeah. I don't know what the number is today, but we created a market from scratch. And and the same thing we did that across, from, across the country. We went yeah. to Dallas, San Francisco, L.A., litigated a lot as well but i mean it's through that process was when i saw you know again the value of what we were creating which kind of you know fast forward to where we are today with public and the different things that i'm doing is a lot of what i learned there because what i was seeing there was the um uh uh you know the a how we could engage government to do something that they didn't want to do which was put up an ad Mm. nobody in government wants advertising trust me it wasn't you know but a lot of what we were doing was saying okay let's get a a portion of this goes into the arts district Mm -hmm. you know let's also make sure that every community has a vested interest in it so divide it up by districts let's create a permitting structure that you know, that is a win, 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 mm-hmm. you know, but again, at that, at that moment as well, what we were doing is going into each of these markets and saying, okay, we're going to, a percentage of what we do, we're going to dedicate to impact, yeah. you know, the arts, the boat show, educational programs that, the, you know, that were going on for the kids mm-hmm. and, and so forth. So we were already, you know, donating tens of millions of dollars worth of space to, you know, help the local markets also yeah. benefit from what we were creating. Yeah. So where does the inspiration to create impact, where did that come from? You know, I have to tell you that it, it's it's really interesting because I couldn't tell you it was anything that I grew up with, even though like when I look back at my life, it was always there. But what kind of woke me up was I think I have to say it was like probably when I was 27 years old mm. and I was sitting in a room and I used to be the, like the chair of all legal for the billboard industry was I started to realize that A there were no groups for, for our generation, right? It's like, I'm sitting in a room. I'm like, everybody told me not to do this. Everybody told me to go start a website. Everyone told me to go into design, like, you know, apps, not apps back then. It was like design, like logos, and like, go do that stuff because that's where you kids belong. And, and, and I I knew that, that they were wrong, but it was just kind of, it was really difficult that, you know, it just felt like I was the only one. Mm -hmm. And then I started to think broader and I was like, wait a second, I'm not the only one because just like me, there's a lot of, you know, young men and women that are in these situations in other industries, in other countries, in other parts of the world. And I just started to explore that. And I said, hey, you know what? I actually was part of um, an organization called Entrepreneurs Organization Hmm. and YEO. And I started to say, hey, look, you know what? We're spending four to six million dollars a year on lobbying. I'm spending, you know, I have 23 law firms that work for me, Mm -hmm. 15 lobbying groups. We have all this power and influence. And how am I using that to, you know, sort of cross pollinate into my community? Mm -hmm. So, you know, in YEO, what I did is I created the political affairs you know, so I, I became chairman de facto by creating it, but a political affairs division mm-hmm. by doing so was I was saying, hey, I'm spending all this money. Why don't I help you guys with whatever your agendas are yeah. and just use my resources? If I'm spending, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, you know, a month on legal, that means these guys are on my, my clock. Right, right. Which means that I either use it or I lose it. <laughs> yeah. So, and, uh, you know, and I used to put these guys to work and whoever, you know, I could actually help. And, and I started to realize that, that that power of impact that I had just with my, what's in my resources. And, and then again, with the, with the media, right? Mm-hmm. Cause, and then that's one of the, you know, what I did with my Ted talk, which was, you know, that I started to realize when, when all these CEOs would come to us now, now that we were up the top of the mountain, they were, they, you know, Steve Jobs was sent as marketing director and there was only one line of you know, communications. It was the marketing director, Steve Jobs and us. That was it. And like, he's like, I want to carpet the city. You know, Bank mm-hmm. of America, when they bought Fleet, they're like, we want everybody in this city to think and feel that Bank of America has been around for 100 years. Hmm. Right? Literally. And then they said, we want to paint the town red. And they came to Clear Channel, uh, Van Wagner, and they sat with us. Mm. Right? And, 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 and I started to realize, it's like, wow, we're sitting in the gateway of... Of impact, and it was really the outdoor advertising industry that kind of you know really opened it up because, a, I was sitting in a room with seventy-year-olds, right, mm-hmm. and I was like, these guys don't care, and I hate to say this, no disrespect, right, to them, but I was like, they're gone, 
you know, three more years, they're retired, they're, they're golfing, mm-hmm. right? What do they care about the future? Number one. Number two, what do they care about leveraging what they have to do anything with it? Mm-hmm. Because again, they're gone, mm-hmm. right? Then it's like, how long am I going to be sitting on top of this mountain? Yeah. And, and what if tomorrow I, I have nothing, right? So it's like, to me, it almost felt like a clock started to tick. And I was just like, oh shit, you know, like I need to start doing something now. Mm-hmm. Why? Because let me just you know, do as much as I can so that in case tomorrow I, I'm not, not here, you know, and like, how can I, you know, I have all these resources, I have all these things around me, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like once the bug bit, it was just, you know, it was unstoppable at that point because yeah. it was like, I saw what connecting two people doing this, that and bringing people together and, and leveraging all these, you know, relationships and at the exponential, mm-hmm. right. There's no amount of money that could buy the feeling of knowing that you've helped somebody. Yeah done something good and it's like i'd rather have no money and knowing that you know you have that in your life and yeah. and like and i think that that when i started to feel that not mm-hmm. just see it but also feel it it was just like you know just literally i think it was like i became a different person right i evolved if you will yeah right because i said okay not only do i have the ability but i can do something about it and i am doing something about it yeah wow that's great how can we or people like our generation, how can we use media to change the world? Well, I think that, you know, today where media is, it's ubiquitous, right? And everything that we do and more tomorrow mm-hmm. and the next day, it's, it's, I think it's so powerful that a, from one perspective and one of the things that I always talk to a lot of young CEOs and, you know, summit series, when we were like the first guys there, it was just like, you know, telling these guys, I'm like, you know, not only do we have an opportunity here, same thing with Nexus and all these other platforms that have evolved over the last five years mm-hmm. that are literally top or, you know, organizations in the world to bring leaders together. It's not only an opportunity to connect with each other, but also responsibility, mm-hmm. right? Because we all are, in essence, you know, sort of role models to others, right? Because, I mean, if you're going to look back from 20 years from now, you know, we don't know where everybody else is going to be, but everything that we do do is is being looked at. People are watching mm-hmm. social media and everything that we are doing. And I think that, you know, as much as there is the opportunity to, you know, to, to use media to do the things and promote and make money, we, there's also an element of yeah. everything that you do should have an element of impact of, of doing and sort of pushing that ball forward or that agenda, whatever your local personal, yeah. you know, and I think it's okay to, that you, some people say, oh, I don't want to put a lot of my buddies in the, in the finance world to be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not into that impact stuff, dude. And it's like, because it makes me weak. I mean, it doesn't make you weak, man. Mm-hmm. It makes you stronger. I was like, vulnerability is, is a very powerful thing. It's a human emotion. It's something that shows that you are real, that you're not a yeah. robot, that you do care. And, and I said, and, 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 and you'll help and, and more people will follow behind you. Yeah. I said, you don't know how many lives thanks to media today, or maybe unfortunately or fortunately that it's, it's as ubiquitous as it is that you don't know who's watching, mm-hmm. you know, how many lives you could impact. And I think that's why I do believe that media is, is one of the most powerful currencies today, tomorrow yeah. and always, because we all have the ability to get messages out there every day, every month, however, you know, we can. Yeah. So how can like us as individuals jump into that? Because I mean, it seems like it's, you talk about the media, it's like this big thing. It's like, the, it, it's almost like too far out there. Well, define media, right? And, and I think that, you know, we do use the word exactly media and, and it is a little bit sounds like unreachable. But again, it, it, it's, you got social media, right? You have the way you communicate, the way you brand your company, the way you do your art, right? The way you present your show, the way mm-hmm. the people you pick, right? And, and all these are elements. It's all there. It's not just when people think media, it's not about a campaign, right? right. It's not about putting an ad up, right? And, and, and that's what I was saying earlier before. It's like people look at us and they're like, oh, advertising. Oh, good. You're going to do a billboard. You're going to do an ad. It's like, no, that's like literally 10% of what we do, mm. right? We don't even do any creative, nothing, right? Yeah. right? You know, we connect people. We help create impact by putting the right people in the room. And, and every single person, you know, has that ability. I mean, especially thank God, and then, you know, we're blessed with the people that we're surrounded with, you know, we're sitting on a boat with, you know, the joke was when a storm was coming, I'm like, if this boat goes upside down, you know, the, <laughs> the economy's screwed. Right. <laughs> Innovation will be staggered for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but but you know we we all have that ability to do something in our in our social media and, and and again how our purchasing power we are the first economy we're in the first generation that has the ability to change economies of scale mm. by just how we purchase interesting right and we have that ability again that's those are elements on how we could show right because again the coffee that we buy right everything that we buy is 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 local is you know, organic, it's, and it's not because I'm a tree hugger, I'm the furthest thing from it, but you know, it's just because I believe in being healthy. Mm-hmm. I also believe in supporting the local market. I also believe in, in when I know who's made it, right? And I know that that's a guy in Brooklyn, you yeah. know, that, that makes the best coffee in the country. Well, you know what? Hey, yes. yeah. let, let's support. Yeah. And, and I think these are the many ways that we could drive impact in everything that we do. Yeah. And celebrate that. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it it's, you know, Coca-Cola is Coca-Cola. But for the first time ever, we saw Coca-Cola drop. Right. And yeah. I was in a, I was in a meeting the other day where we were talking about that for the first time in history, first time in history, water has surpassed soda in sales. Wow. Right. Wow. OK. If you and I had this conversation 10 years ago, and we said we're going to start a water company. We would have been thrown out the window. Yeah. Right. And probably sent to a, you know, yeah. <laughs> mental institution and, and, and said, you're going to sell water, right? Something that is, is, is everywhere. Yeah. And you're going to make money from it. So, you know, what? I'm going to make billions of dollars from it. And fast forward today, water, like literally if you Google it later, you'll see it. Soda and water are like this now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. In- insane. That's crazy. Yeah. Have you seen the sugar film? No, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, I watched it on the plane coming back from, I think, Ghana or something like that. And uh, <laughs> it was very fascinating, like how soda and that kind of stuff has such an impact on your health. And I mean, sugar in general has blew my mind of like how they, they really broke down the schematics of how it affects your body. Yeah. But I think media like that, too, is, is important, like documentaries that kind of explain what's going on behind the scenes. Yes, that's why we're huge fans of documentaries too. Like we've been with the foundation and um, it, it's just been one of our focuses as well because it's that storytelling, right? It's mm-hmm. so powerful. Like the film, you know, the, the, the element of, of video and, and film and documentaries, it's, it's, it's powerful. Yeah, yeah. So do you guys use like kind of push media through your, push content through your platforms? Is that? No, not yet. Not yet. I wish we did. Not yet. You know, it, it, that, that's really, you know, a vision down the road, Yeah. you know, cause I'd love to, you know, now we have public Ladam, public film, public women and public, you know, the parent. And, you know, my, my vision is really by the end of 2016 is to be pushing out, you know, content in, in, in the women's space, you mm-hmm. know, you know, badass women, like really changing yeah. things and celebrating them and, and, and finding who they are and, and, and just having someone interview them. And that's the stuff that we were talking about with Alexis, mm-hmm. um, as well as, as, as other folks, right. That are yeah. out there looking to interview and create content. And in a Latino space, the same thing, obviously as an immigrant and Latino, you know, it, it's something that I think is, is important as well. Yeah. And, and for the Americas, for the purposes of, of where the future of this country is going. Yeah. Um, in the film space, you know, again, it, it, it's, you know, giving people a platform, but, but, you know, we're, we're, we're growing and, and most certainly it's something that I aspire as, as an organization to, <laughs> right. to, to be at, but I, I, you know, we're a foundation still. So, yeah. you yeah. know, we, 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 we chip away. Chip away. That's, that's, that's how you got to do it. Exactly. <laughs> the constant hustle. <laughs> break, one break at a time. I always tell my time. team, I'm like, let's just execute this, move on to the next, execute, execute, execute. And before you know it, we'll look back and there's hundreds of projects that we've you know, gotten involved with. That's great. That's great. Now you did a TED Talk. I just would love to hear, you know, these guys would love to hear what you, what kind of the overarching, what was it about and what was your message? Well, the TED Talk, I to, let me just digress for a second, but I have to tell you that like doing this TED Talk, I trained for six weeks, wow. almost every night, okay? I had never in my life had done anything of this sort. It was TEDx, mind you. Can't even imagine <laughs> what the regular TED Talk was, but it was TEDx Wall Street. They, they, they wanted me to come in and speak, and they wanted me to talk about my life. And I was like, oh, I'm not interested. I, I want to talk about... I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about like what I'm passionate about. And yeah. so I sat down with the, the, the organizer, Scott Jonathan, the organizer of TEDx Wall Street. And he's like, well, our theme is currency. 
So I was like, well, I'm very passionate about me. This is right before I started public. We started public. Mm. And I was like, you know, my, I, you know, I've realized that my entire life I've been using media for impact. My newspapers, I was giving away free pages to tell people stories, the communities, you know, the, the, that was always a part of the DNA, telling the good news only. We never reported on bad news. We never did anything re- to, to make somebody a worse member of the community. We always elevated them yeah. and everything we did. And, uh, and, and again, in, in, in the media and the billboards, we always donated space in organizations that were trying to do good. So I was like, you know what? I'm passionate about, you know, that media is the new currency under the context of TEDx, Wall Street mm. currency. So I think I was, I was the only one that was in that sort of impact category. Everybody else was talking about money. <laughs> and, uh, and again, I was super nervous. I'm like, this is literally at the stock exchange downstairs. And, and they're like, it's got to be 12 minutes. I'm like, hell's going to talk for 12 minutes. <laughs> I was like on stage about myself. And I'm like, like in this setting, I, I could, like you and I could talk for hours. Like, yeah. We have already for yeah. seven. Right. And <laughs> exactly. like, we could, like dive deep, talk, BS, laugh. But like when you put me in front of a stage, I don't like, like to do that and to talk about myself and rather than have a conversation. It's interesting. Like I'm, I get a little nervous and I get to everybody gets nervous, but I just, oh, yeah. it, it scares the shit out of me. And so, you know, so I, I practiced, I did the cue cards and, you know, and, 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 and the title was media is a new currency. And really what I talked about was, you know, cause they still wanted me to kind of, you know, talk about myself mm-hmm. and they're like, because you have to, you know, you're human. So you, you, you still have to dive about who's Sergio. So I was like, all right, but I'm not going to give my, you know, Sergio the immigrant or Sergio the foreigner or, or whatever, you know. And uh, so I was, I was actually, you know, the start of my TED Talk. And, and if you haven't seen it, when you see it, you'll see. I basically say, you know, um, I start with I, I never got a chance to thank my mother. Never got a chance to thank my mother for, you know, for for bringing me to the United States of America. Yeah. Because that's really what changed my life. Mm. Right. And then I just literally fast forward years and I jump into, you know, that, I, you know, and the slides in the background is a Commodore 128. Right. <laughs> so it's awesome. Right. So I wanted to get everybody, you know, mentally focused on what I was dealing with back then versus what people have in their hands. <laughs> right. And and uh, and I just go right into like, you know, just saying, you know, started with a newspaper, media companies, billboards, and then, um, and then I jump into talking about a campaign when I was honored to be part of the UN Foundation's uh, first Global Entrepreneurship Council. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're one of the founding members, advising uh, with the UN Foundation, advising the UN on entrepreneurial solutions to global problems. And one of the first initiatives that we did that that I helped organize was a big campaign. Mm-hmm. So this was like pre-public. But we created a massive national campaign to the extent that at that moment, the reason why they wanted us to do the campaign was because uh, there was a, gr- a group, a congressional hearing on terminating all the funding to the U.N. from the U.S. Mm. And it was going to come to vote. And uh, it was somewhere around like August. So they came to us and they said, what can you guys do all, you know, to our advisory group and said, what can you do to help us? And everyone, you know, we had Zuckerberg, we had Marissa Meyer, you had all these people. And everyone's like, you know, they have the biggest platforms in the world. And they're like, I don't know. So then I sat down with Aaron Sharinian and I said, Aaron, I was like, I got this. I'm like, let's let's do a campaign. Mm. Let's do what I know how to do. You know, it's like, let, let's stir it up. And he's like, how? And I was like, well, here's what I need you to do. I was like, let's get a letter from Ted Turner. I need you to get me a plaque. And I said, and we're going to go and we're going to ask everybody to give us all their space and they're going to do this on behalf of the UN and we're going to get everybody super motivated. I'll take care of this. I'll bring in an agency. We'll run this. No idea what I was doing. Right. But I I knew what I felt that I could get done. And fast forward, you know, we we executed the campaign Um, when it was time to come for that vote. We hit all the congressional districts and not one person wanted to touch it because they didn't know who paid for the campaign. Mm. They wanted to know who was behind the campaign and uh, why people cared. But it was really, really one of the most touching parts of telling you the story was, uh, and I said in my TED Talk, was when Aaron was begging the Fox News people not to do an expose on the UN, that it would destroy everything people around the world are working for. What happens if a company loses 20% of their top line? It goes bankrupt overnight. So imagine an organization like UN loses their 20% that the U.S. puts in. 
goes bankrupt overnight, you know, and, and they can't replace that stream. It's not like they sell more goods. They don't sell goods. Right. They save lives. And he's walking through Times Square with this guy because, you know, Fox News is right there. And they're walking and he's pleading, he's begging. And if you know Aaron, he's a charismatic guy and he's just like, please. And he's telling me the story. Like, I, I feel like I was there because he's told it so vividly. And he's walking across. And as they're walking across, all the signs in Times Square change. Every single sign say, curl up, malaria, UN Foundation, literally. Wow. And it's like, gives me the chills even telling you now. And, uh, and that was part of my TED Talk because I was like, you know, it's like just the gentleman from Fox was like, it's over. I'm not, I'm not bothering doing any expose. Who's paying for this? Who, how did you do this? And it's like, the people care. Mm-hmm. He goes, that's just people care. Wow. And uh, it was enough to not do the expose. The vote never happened, thank God. But these are the little things, right? And that's why I put that in my TED Talk because it's as simple as, you know, the impact if, if we didn't do that mm-hmm. would have been massive. Millions of lives, mm-hmm. right? But just that value uh, is, is that currency. Mm-hmm. It was just so powerful. And when I, you know, when I did the talk, that slide was like a picture of Times Square yeah. with, with the images. Yeah. You know, and then I jumped into the Bank of America conversation saying, you know what? And I ended my TED Talk saying that, you know, where, you know, you know I did a Babe Ruth moment, which was like, we're going to start a foundation to, to do this. We're going to build uh-huh. a foundation to, to focus and dedicate on this sort of, you know, infrastructure vertical. Because mm. it wasn't, you know, for me, it wasn't when it's, you know, Republic, it wasn't about I cared about a specific thing. Yeah. It's like I knew what my value proposition was. Yeah. You know, I know, you know, where I'm really good at. Mm-hmm. And, and it was scary because as I'm saying, I was scared. Like, you have no idea. Like, they called me the Panther. A bunch of the Wall Street guys were making fun of me because they're like the Panther because I was on stage. When you see it, you'll, you'll watch. <laughs> I, I'm like this. Back and forth, back and forth, reading, looking up, looking down at my cards every once in a while when I got nervous, looking at top of people's heads. But it was awesome to, to, to know that I also did that and I committed myself to saying we're going to start a foundation. You know, and at that point, my, my, my business partner, Antonio, was like, we're doing this. You know, he's like, you met Antonio. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's yeah, yeah. like, we're doing this. He's like, that's it, man. You're committed. Let's do this. And at that point was when yeah. we brought Rachel on board. And we said, okay, we need help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, we need bodies and we need a brain. And, uh, and, 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 you know, here we are. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I love that. So what did it take from you from there? I mean, just personally as an entrepreneur to create a foundation. I mean, that's, that's huge. Well, it was, it was, you know, a lot, a lot of thanks to Antonio because it was, you know, I sat down with him. And told him my crazy visions of, of, you know, the infrastructure company, Smart Cities and mm. the foundation. And he had just finished selling his business and he was going on a retirement, you know, going surfing and what have you. Right. And, and as he sat there every day with me, he's like, you need help. You need help. I was like, how can I help you? Because I actually had taken over his office space. Mm. And so that's where I was, you know, building this. And he's like, you need a lot of help. And I was like, Yes. You know, I'm not saying I could do this alone. I'm like, this is the craziness. And he became equally consumed. Right. And has since then. <laughs> but, but um, you know, it was, I have to tell you that. I mean, I look back at all my notes. I saved everything. And and, it, and it's it's fascinating. I mean, I'm, I still think it was insane back then, still now. But, you yeah. know, we're, we're, we're doing it. And, and it was not easy. I'll tell you that much. It was not. But if it wasn't for Antonio, it wouldn't have been you know, uh, able to, you know, sometimes, you know, good partnerships are, I know what I'm good at, mm-hmm. you know, he knows what he's good at and he was able to kind of help me bring that structure, Yeah, you know, cause I'm the guy that'll throw a fucking thousand things at the, at, you know, at the wall <laughs> and you know, 10 will stick, mm-hmm. you know, other people say, Hey, you know what, why don't we throw 20, you know, and, and, and 10 will stick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you have, you guys have another, another company, right? Yeah. That you, design, I mean, you can tell me more about it, but you design, innovate things within the city, like yes. ideas. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, basically it's, it's a smart city business focused uh-huh. on public private partnerships. Cause a lot of like, if you look at public and, and the name of that company is called P3GM, public private partnerships, global management. So if you look at the P3 company in public, we actually do this. The DNA is the same, mm-hmm. right? Cause it kind of comes from this insanity here, right? <laughs> Which is... On the left side, you have the public sector, right, which could be defined as NGOs or governments. 
right? On the right side, you have the private sector, mm -hmm. which could be technologies in the context of municipalities or media companies or, you know, folks that have platforms in the, in the NGO perspective. Mm -hmm. And so just like public is a bridge of organizing all these people here to solve a problem here, the same thing we do with P3. When we're looking at the conversation here with P3 is smart cities mm -hmm. and the evolution of cities and saying, okay, in the future... It's it's not about the vehicle. This is only ten. These mobile phones is ten percent of the future, mm. right? It it's the future is an IoT world where this table, you know, you and I will be talking and be like, hey, check this out, like you know, and and, yeah. and we'll have the TED talk in the middle of the table, yeah. right? And all these things will be interconnected, mm -hmm. and 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 that that future, you know, basically is not going to evolve from here. Right, you need connectivity. You need bandwidth, mm -hmm. and 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 so we you know where we looked at was saying, hey, you know what? Instead of everybody's looking at this and everyone's looking at the vehicle, well, the analogy that I always use is saying, hey, instead of focusing on a vehicle, which is going to be millions, we're going to focus on a highway because there's only going to be one highway, which is you know the municipality is not going to change. Municipality is not going to go to the moon. The municipality is not going to, you know, overnight you know, be, be like Hong Kong or Singapore, mm -hmm. it's got to evolve. Mm -hmm. And there's nobody focused on helping these folks organize the private sector, understand what innovations are out there, how that fits so that they could do their job. Mm. Right. Like we, I find myself half the time advising, you know, heads of, you know, cities or whatever, um, on just how they should look at the insanity that's going on out there. <laughs> that's crazy. Right. And they're like, well, is, is, you know, is what's going on in the car share space, is that legal? Is that not? Is that fair? Is it not? You know, does it mm -hmm. work with industry? What about what's going on in the apartment space, right? And, yeah. and all these industries that are evolving, all that proves that there's a, there's a, you know, there's a marketplace. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that that actually applies to current rules and regulations that exist today. Mm -hmm. That also doesn't mean that here what they have here is wrong. It's just got to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so that evolution is, is happening more and more and more. Yeah. And the government side, you know, obviously, listen, as an entrepreneur, if you give me an arm, I'm going to take the leg and, and the body, <laughs> right? So yeah. it's just, it's natural for Silicon Valley and, and entrepreneurs around the world, when they see an opportunity to disrupt anything that government is doing, you're going to disrupt the shit out of it, Yeah. right? So we saw the opportunity is instead of competing here with millions of companies, we're going to sit here with just one government. Yeah, yeah. And so we spent the last five years building brand, trust, relationships, and executing smaller projects because this is a big, long journey. Yeah. That's amazing. So what would be an example of something you guys have done in, within a city? Well, something that we're working on right now, I mean, in West Palm Beach, mm -hmm. you know, we have the, the bike program, and, yeah. and it's a smart bike program, so it's not like the city bikes. These bikes actually have a, a, a computerized brain inside of them. Wow. And um, as well as that sort of phase one, phase two, mm -hmm. is we're bringing a connected, you know, municipality together, utilizing all their physical infrastructure to bring it to life, if you will, mm. and connect a Wi-Fi program with a backbone, sort of with access points all throughout the city, utilizing, again, anything from a light pole to electricity pole. And then mm. the goal would be eventually that, you know, you could literally log into, you know, almost like an iOS and be able to learn from the data, from all the transportation, all that information is 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 online. I mean, yeah. that's one of the projects as it relates to like a municipality. Yeah. And then another project that we're we're working on, we're, we're launching next week, this week, is our payphone challenge. So uh -huh. we're launching a payphone challenge because we believe that what's going on in New York is self-serving to industry, mm -hmm. but it's not serving to community. Mm. So I've been to every meeting where every community district was like, I don't want another ad and I'm an ad guy. So I could tell you that, you yeah. know, like it, it, it's, I know what they're doing and I get it because it's paid the bills. Yeah. So when you start, when you start to look at, you know, someone that lives in the West village, they don't want an ad, right? They don't want an ad. You know, they want obviously the value of the connectivity. Mm -hmm. So, but then what is that payphone? now doing in that area. And, and unfortunately right now, again, again, listen, you know, kudos to Google, Sidewalk Labs and everyone else, you know, it's working on this project because that's going to make a lot of money, but that's great for New York. Yeah. Right. Even though the West Village, the East Village and the communities hate it. Yeah. But, you know, it's a de facto, you're in New York. Yeah. Right. But what happens to the secondary and tertiary markets, right, where advertising doesn't drive that economy? Mm. So what we saw was an opportunity, again, a, an opening in the marketplace, which is, you know, what about if we could run a challenge and basically 
put the innovation in the hands of students, engineers, architects, and say, hey, what would that booth look like if you were to design it, mm. right? And then literally run a challenge, a global challenge, which we're launching this week. And, and, and basically the whole idea is just open source, open access, the, the infrastructure. Yeah. And we're calling it the public utility challenge. And our first utility challenge is the payphone challenge. Mm. And, and that payphone challenge, again, is, is really, it's a six-week challenge. We're doing it with uh, Peter Diamantes' uh, XPRIZE platform. Oh, cool. And uh, so there are partners to kind of get it out there. we got 75 urban designers and, and engineers and architects. We're working with IEEE, with, with Architizer, with all these organizations that actually, you know, kind of bring in all of their relationships because they all want to be part of saying, hey, oh my God, I have an opportunity to innovate. And then we're working mm. with uh, with a couple of partners that actually own payphones that we've already signed deals with that gives us the ability to actually, before the end of this year, put one in the ground. Wow, that's right? cool. And a manufacturer, yeah, super cool. And a manufacturer out of Australia, this, these guys uh, called Buzz, and they're awesome because they do all the stuff inside the planes mm. and they do all the product development inside the plane. So these guys basically are also in the IoT space. So when oh, I and I mentioned to the CEO that this is what we're doing, the guy was like, loved it. He's like, dude, I would love to manufacture this. They have a manufacturing plant in China. And so they're kind of come in and basically help us, you know, really create the computer of the streets without it making it too fancy, under $20,000. Right now, that booth that you see out on the streets in New York, it's, it's over $100,000 each product. Wow. Which, yeah, which, which is, again, fine because that's the Porsche. And, again, it's, it's subsidized by the advertising. But now make believe you don't have the advertising. Yeah. So that's kind of like where we're saying, okay, now we're asking everybody to say, hey, how would you design this thing? What would you put on it? Mm -hmm. Let's not get crazy and put, you know, 500 bells and whistles on it. But, like, what are the important things that each of the different communities would care about? Yeah. Right? A, you know, measurement of the, the, the air quality. Mm -hmm. Right? Temperature. Camera, security, safety, connectivity, yeah. small cell sites for the carrier to have offload, fiber access, community information, multiple languages, you know, for you to be able to that be your kiosk, right? Mm. And you yeah, just yeah. kind of walk in and geographically maybe print out a coupon to go to the restaurant next door. So again, these are just different things that people have already come up to us yeah. with. And and thanks to what's going on in New York, there's actually a bunch of startups that have developed in a space wow. that are building these things anyway. So we've asked them all to enter the, actually a couple of guys that we mutually know are, are in the space, you know, said, hey, enter, enter the challenge. Cool. You know, we would love to, you know, see what you could innovate because it's not about the product you have now. It's what you could create within these boundaries. Yeah. And, and so stuff like that, you know, we've been kind of doing it because we see the space evolving. So we're trying to kind of like, you know, uh, address the void. Mm -hmm. Right. And, yeah. and our model with the, with the businesses is a C model, as we call it, S-E-E, mm -hmm. social impact, environmental impact, economic impact. So we like to make sure that we are, 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 are looking at, you know, the entire ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. And it has to be sustainable because if it's not sustainable, then, you know, who's going to pay for it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so it, it, it's definitely, you know, we, we make our lives really difficult, cause we, <laughs> we, we, but uh, we, we love it because if we could prove, you know, these, these, uh, you know, these things to really work, which they, they will over time, um, you know, we're, we're, we're adding, you know, our little mark. Yeah. Well, I love it, man. That's, that's so cool. It's like, yeah. I love that innovation. It's so, it's so cool to hear. It's actually kind of the backstory around it. Yeah. Thank you. Well, um, a couple of questions before we wrap up here, but what, looking back at your life, what advice would you give your 20 year old self? Ooh, wow. You're making me age myself right now. What advice would I give my 20 year old self? Trying to remember right now what I was doing. I was twenty. I was, I was swimming. <laughs> um, you know, I I think I think along the same lines that I've I've carried on is just you know pursue you know your passions, don't give up, mm -hmm. don't stop trying, and um, you know I mean it sounds cliche, but uh, you know but it's it's a, it's a fact of life, right? It's, it's like so many times we reach so many hurdles. So, you know, I think when I was 20, I used to always like as a little kid, even I think all of us, right? It's like, I just wanted to close my eyes and see what 40 was like. I wanted to close my <laughs> eyes and open my eyes and see what 30 was like, you know, to see what like having a kid was like and see what like yeah. being older was like and what, what it meant to have responsibilities, you know? And, and um, so I think that, uh, you know, kind of doing the inverse of that, 
And looking back, I still think I a I wouldn't change anything, and yeah. and and b if I had a chance to try to you know make it better, I, I I'm not sure what I would do. I yeah. uh, you know just accept that, just keep the confidence. Yeah, you know because I think as 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 when we're much younger, we you know, we sort of lack that confidence element that we gain is, is, you know, from experiences. Yeah. You know, every yeah. time you beat your head against the wall, you learn not to go in that direction. <laughs> yeah. You know, it doesn't mean you're dumb. It just means that, you know, you've, you've, you've learned what not to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, I've learned many lessons mm. and, and, and none that I would give up, you know, none, none, because when I was 20, I couldn't tell you that I'd be anywhere near a foundation or, or doing stuff in smart cities. You know, when I was, you know, handing out newspapers. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how you just don't realize what the potential of what you can create in the world. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think you just have to keep going. Like you said, don't give up. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I, I actually is uh, at a bunch of talks that I've given and people say, so what's your advice? I said, I'm going to be totally cliche. I'm like, A, just do it. Literally, I'm like, you know, that, that saying isn't just a saying. I'm like, do it. Start. So many entrepreneurs have ideas. People have ideas and they like, and, and they don't do it. Like when we talked about on the boat, I'm like, just yeah. do it. Start it. Start tomorrow. Right? Yeah. Because if you don't start tomorrow, you don't know what the next week is going to look like and what the following month is going to look like. And then a year is going to go by and you're going to say, I could have, would have, should have. Right. And, and, yep. and I think that that's, you know, very, very powerful. And that's, you know, where people think I'm insane because I'm like, I'll start 20 things. And they're like, oh my God, dude, what are you, <laughs> you know, what are you doing? And I'm like, no, because it's part of that. I understand the evolution process, you know, at a 20, it'll thin down to three and, and mm -hmm. then 20 more will come. And, and, and it's just, yeah, but you, you have to, you know, start and, and, and it is cliche, but yeah, it's a fact. But it sounds like you have like a team now that can, if you come up with ideas, you can, that helps you execute, right? Oh yes. Yes. And they all run from me. That's perfect. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's great. Yeah, it's great. And I mean, I'm, I'm getting to the point now in my career where I have team to help out execute things. And, yeah. you know, I think it's, it's one of those things where it's like, we have to have a support team to go, yeah. go along with it. Yeah. And I know you have to build support structure around you and all in use technology, right. To the best of our, you know, thank, thank God we have this now. I mean, listen, you know, in 20 years ago, I definitely would not be able to do all the things that, you know, that we are all, you know, yeah, fortunate enough yeah. to be able to do because, yeah. you know, there'd be no way we'd all be on a boat. <laughs> you know, the world would stop. I know, right? <laughs> right? It's kind of crazy. We'd just like be pinging somebody around on the other side of the world just with a little device. Yeah, exactly. Nobody would have guessed that 20 years ago. I'm saying, hey, I could do business with people in literally 15 different countries in one month. And, and it's not, I don't have to be an IBM yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, last question here that I love to ask all of my guests is what does live inspiration mean to you? Live inspiration. I like that. I'll tell you what just immediately, you know, comes to mind. It's just, you know, live life to the fullest, mm. you know, be inspired by people, things, ideas, mm -hmm. emotions. You know, it's just kind of, it's, it's giving you straight from the gut here. You know, because when I think of inspiration, I just think of, you know, the many things that inspire me every day. You know, like I, I, I think that, you know, it's just, and that's why, again, it's go do something, right? Because mm -hmm. it's just, it helps, you know, the soul and, yeah. and, and it's just into the inspiration, art, music, they're all, you know, Absolutely. living inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> love it. I love it. Well, Sergio, I acknowledge you just for the, the impact of the difference that you're making in the world and. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. No, this is awesome. Sorry it took us a little bit since the boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no worries. No worries. Planes, so, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> exactly. So where can people find you on the interwebs? Speaking of technology, find public and, and follow you on social media. Uh, yeah, well, public is uh, pvblic.org. Mm -hmm. And you know my Twitter handle is sfdecordova, S-F-D-E-C-O-R-D-O-V-A. And then I'm also on LinkedIn and, um, and, uh, that's it. I guess, uh, those are the, 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 the handles, if you will. The handles. <laughs> and, 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 and the public handle is P-V-B-L-I-C-F. And, uh, and that's it. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you again. And we're out. We're out. <laughs> Thanks, bro.
Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode of Shop Talk Radio with Sergio Fernandez de Cordova. I'm your host, Nick Onkin. I enjoy hearing from you. So tag me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the good things, ask questions and share this with your friends. And we'd love it if you can help us share the word, get it out there, leave us a good review over on iTunes and share the love. So with that, it's time to go out and create your life by creating every moment. And we will see you next time.